You're listening to the Manchester Vineyard Podcast. We'd love for you to join us. To discover more about who we are, where we meet, and how you can connect with us, head to manchestervineyard.org or follow the link in the podcast description. Well, good morning and welcome. We're delighted you're here. Uh, This morning's going to be slightly different. We just want to share with you uh, the vision talk for 2020. Steph's going to join me um, partway through. I just want to say, though, Uh, If you're catching up on this on a podcast, can I highly recommend that you move to a video version? This is something to see rather than uh, just listen to. But today we want to celebrate some of what God has done among us in the previous 12 months. We also want to look ahead to the next chapter. And I think it is a really helpful thing to do is to reflect on the journey that Jesus has us on as a community and as a family, particularly in a fast-paced culture. So often we can forget to look back. And it's often as you look back that you can really see what God has done. And also from that position that you're able to look forward with increased faith for what he may do. So we need to stop and pause and reflect and to give God glory. We also want to celebrate and we want to say thank you. We want to say thank you to each and every one of you who have played your part in this season and this journey. I'm going to share a few stories and a bit of the journey. I can't share it all. There's way too much. But I just want to encourage each of you this week to take some time this week to reflect. Reflect on your part of the journey, on your part of the story, how maybe it is that you have changed, and what is God doing in you, and how can you allow him to do more. I also want to say this. If you feel on the edge of this community, maybe you've not been here for a while, Maybe you've disengaged. I just want to say, will will you consider afresh how you might take steps to change that? 1 Corinthians 4.20 says this, For the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk, it is living by God's power. And we want to be that. We want to do that. We want to invite you into that. We don't want to just talk about it. We want to do this thing. We want to live by the power of God and be the people of his presence. Matthew 13, 31 says, here is another illustration Jesus used. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed planted in a field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest of garden plants. It grows into a tree and the birds come and make their nests in its branches. You know, the mustard seed was the smallest seed that the farmer used. And Jesus used this parable to show that the kingdom has small beginnings, but it will grow and it will produce great results. What started here as a seed has already grown so much, and yet we also believe so much more is ahead. And we want to encourage you to play your part in that and to step into that fully. I'm hoping, if I'm really honest, that you're going to get arrested today by the Holy Spirit that you will have an increasing sense of his presence on your life, that you will have a desire and a hunger to live by his power, that you will allow and see the seed of the kingdom, the reign and rule of God to grow in your lives, in, in the life of this church, in the life of you in this city and beyond. You know, compassion, sorry, not compassion, compassion is, is deeply embedded in our hearts as a church. It always has been as we live to worship him. The more we worship him, the more we serve him, the more we serve him, the more he embeds that into us and a heart for the last, the lost and the least. Therefore, just as we reflect today, let me start with compassion. This has been a hard season for many of us, but a hard season for many in this city. So as the pandemic hit, rather than run from it, you ran towards it we started a food bank in the june to the august 10 people gave eight hours a week for 12 weeks that's 960 hours 
You gave 432 hours to dropping off and distributing food and care packages to local people who were in need. It's in our DNA to respond to the needs of this city. As many of you will know, the journey of 422 has been a huge and quite remarkable part of that journey and story. We don't have time to uncover the whole picture, but before the pandemic, we sought to undertake an incredibly ambitious project to restore a derelict building in this neighbourhood. It's one of the poorest areas in the UK, let alone in Manchester. To say it was a, in a state of disrepair is a bit of an understatement. For a year throughout the pandemic, we had working parties virtually every Sunday at 422. You gave over 1,560 hours to it. The quantity surveyor suggesting that you saved the project over a quarter of a million pounds, filling 8,000 bin bags. Often it was filthy and you worked incredibly hard, removing 250 square metres of 150-year-old plaster, knocking down 20 walls and the joy of them being rebuilt seeing the installation of 17 new windows removing two stages and preparing the way for a new floor to be laid do you remember at one point there was a tree hanging out of the roof that did no end of damage well look at that floor now Seven new toilets, I thought I'd spare you a picture of that one, but they're there. 28 new doors, although I think most of you had more fun taking down the old ones and creating space to put them in. But we extended the working parties to serve on a Friday, creating greater opportunities to draw others in from the local community. A further 128 hours were given through that. Some of you got involved in grant writing and gave over 288 hours to it. One of you gave one day a week for six months to help with the admin side of 422, giving over 144 hours. Another of you gave four hours a week for 18 months. That's a massive 288 hours. Why would you do all of that? It was never about restoring a building. It was always about restoring a community and the potential of what that might be. The kingdom extends so much further if we don't care and don't mind who gets the credit. We partnered with people who were spiritually neutral but morally positive and people who believed in what we were doing. This wasn't and isn't about us. This was and is about releasing something far bigger. We partnered with Pure Innovations, a charity that supports people facing the challenges due to learning disabilities, autism and mental health related issues. They work alongside people to develop their sense of purpose and belonging. Olympias Music Foundation were one of the first people and first groups to use the space. They're passionate about bringing communities together through music. Their Learn to Play program is teaching 46 children a week for free how to play violins, cellos, flutes, clarinets, saxophones, and so on. For the 16 weeks that we ran community lunches before Christmas, you gave a 1396 hours. 15 of you served at the 422 thank you night that we held for the many, many, many partners, trades, funders, of which the BBC Philharmonic Ensemble joined us at. A further 15 of you served the next day at the community day. Now we knew that the community wanted a place. We knew that because we'd asked them. They told us they didn't have anywhere. So we put on a choir and a drum and drama workshops and crafts and games and face painting and food and all sorts. Who knew 
350 plus people would turn up in the middle of a pandemic. We launched the food pantry at Christmas. We were able to support our first families and individuals through the food pantry with food parcels and gifts. We received many, many food essentials through you, Manchester Vineyard, but also through other partners, Fair Share, Greater Manchester, the police in Longside and Mossside, the Stanley Grove Primary School. Thank you for your incredible donations to making that happen. We had treat packs already being given out with supplementary essentials to around 40 families referred by partners this last Christmas. We incorporated the community fridge into another partnership, which in its first week saved 13 kilograms of food going to waste and went to local people instead. It's really quite remarkable to see what can be achieved and the sheer scale of transformation that has happened. This room now looks like this. Thank you for the dealing with the 10-year-old stuff that you found in the waste pipe. Thank you to those students that did that and have still come back. <laughs> this room went on a journey and now looks like this. I hope this is all showing at the right time, otherwise it would be a weird talk. But five of you supported the after-school club. For one gave a further 278 hours serving at 422. Six of you gave 48 hours to Manchester citizens, seeking to partner with others and have a significant voice and leverage way beyond ourselves, seeking to shape and rewrite policy and structural and political influence across this city. There is so much more ahead. The dreams of that community are coming alive. I find it incredibly powerful as an image of what's happening, that we found a few windows and were able to open them up and bring light where it had previously been blocked and boarded, and that members of the local community were able to help us do it. The story after story after story of lives been changed and impacted. Items donated that we've been able to give out that have been a significant answer to prayer, so people say in the local community, or uh, meeting a need that was a significant area of desperation for them. We have a space where South Asian women who otherwise would not feel comfortable to exercise can lead the way in their families in promoting healthy, active lifestyles. There's a space made for groups working with young people who have been working throughout much of the last year or so, lacking an affordable space that they can use for youth provision. Now in 422, multiple evenings a week. Organisations who have been desperate to begin working in this local area now have a hub to hire, where in their words, there has never quite been a space like it. The NHS able to offer their services in flu vaccination days and many other things that they're hoping to do made possible in an area where 422 has given them the springboard to be able to help the community stay well and the community be healthier, particularly over the last winter. We hope to see changes in health-based inequalities. People locally who previously have believed that they can't be or amount to anything. One resident shared how they now work for a national news agency and her friends and neighbours still can't believe how she got there and others just won't believe the story at all. Thank you for being part of rewriting their story. We always said that it would be a springboard for you to serve and have involvement in serving some of the greatest needs in this city. There are huge opportunities now for you to be involved and we'd encourage you to seize them. 
volunteer for the food pantry, drivers to pick up food, drop off food to people who were vulnerable, people to sort, pack and meet and greet and serve. The after school club committing to help each Friday evening with homework and sports and the stay and play. Parents and babies group helping to set up each week and chat and parents to get stuck in. Community lunches, people to befriend, to bring your skills. Often activities are really just an excuse to do something with your hands whilst also having a chat about a sensitive or deeper topic like stress and well-being. The cafe, volunteer with Pure Innovations, the team in there serving customers and supporting clients with additional needs to thrive. There's a community day coming up at the end of March. A team are going to be in there teaching circus skills. Come and be part of helping run the workshops, the arts, the cinema room again. There is a very, very, very real need for an English language group. Can you teach English as a second language or just have a heart for helping people grasp English, evening classes, reading groups, job clubs? It's all a potential. Come and be part of a busy day with the team helping to prep rooms, move furniture around and help with the admin or the cleaning. There's always things to do. Come and have your lunch. Come and have a coffee in there. Come and be interruptible. In many ways, it feels like just the start, just the tip of the iceberg. There is so much more ahead, but the invitation is for it to be a springboard for you to practically serve this city. Let me just take a moment to reflect on the kids. The kids team have done a phenomenal job throughout the pandemic. I want to say as a parent, thank you. Our children have grown in their knowledge, their understanding of their love of Jesus and their desire to extend the kingdom in practical ways. We've seen children give their lives to Jesus, another one just this last week. We've seen them baptized, we've seen them loved and encouraged and cheered on and what has been one of the most difficult and challenging seasons. Thank you for consistently and constantly, is that Matty? Yeah, it is. For consistently and constantly going the extra mile. Not only have you blessed the children and the church, but children in other vineyards have used the content that you provided, as have other churches and denominations. You put in 1,032 hours into streaming for the kids. That's on average 20 hours a week. The content been watched over 1,500 times. A further 662 hours were given to the non-streamed kids stuff. You all organized gatherings outside when we couldn't be inside. You rapidly built teams when we were able to regather together on Sundays. You engaged a number of schools in compassion projects and involved them in the journey and the story of 422. We had the shine party that the kids absolutely loved and grew in their friendship with each other. 39 craft packs were given out at Christmas, donated anonymously by one of you. Easter eggs were given out at Easter. You ran four microgroups with a game, a discussion and uh, about Jesus and a craft each fortnight. Multiple other events, meetups, preschooler trips to the farm, online circus skills, the online bake-off, 24 hours was given by volunteers to make the kids' Christmas party happen. 24 hours, that's a day's worth of time you gave to it. I also believe that not only did you serve the church and the community, that you built church and were community. And amongst the team, I think some of you loved it. And uh, we're grateful, honestly, for the outstanding way that you pull us together as a church. 
at various times in the year. You rightly don't allow it to be called kids' work. You call it kids' church because it's age-appropriate discipleship. Over a third of the life of this church has been during a pandemic. It's so hard to almost underestimate the impact of that. We have been online for a significant amount of time. Many of you still are only able to join us online. So it's impossible not to mention the live stream. There's been over 18,000 individual watches. Not everybody watches alone, and so that's just screens and counting it live. You can multiply that many, many times for the website and the podcast, but thank you. Thank you for putting in over 309 hours to the live stream editing and recording. I know at times you've given it everything. You gave it your lot. In 2020, the carol service, over 3,000 people watched it. But the carol service of 2021, when we could finally be back together in one place, your desire to create environments for people to relax and have fun, but also explore Jesus and worship Jesus is such a precious thing. Let me just mention Sundays because what a season it has been. Thank you for doing everything you could to facilitate us worshipping together as a community. Do you remember when we were allowed, again, two back-to-back worship gatherings outdoors? Thank you for facilitating getting us back in person. A huge amount of effort went into that. And what a joy it was to be back together. I'll never forget that moment of the first setup team at whatever time, 8 a.m. on the car park it was, people clapping and cheering each other's arrival. Thank you for moving the 516 chairs every month. And once again, for a number of Sundays where it happens, for fully setting down the school stuff to set up our stuff, to set down our stuff, to reset their stuff again. For the 38 of you each week that get here early and leave late to be on team. For weekly giving to Sundays alone, 158 hours to make church happen. That's 680 hours a month. Between September and December, 47 people joined teams who were not previously on one. Thank you. And to the 47 of you, bizarre that it's the same number, that serve more than once a month. For this year, building big enough teams to allow us to move youth provision from fortnightly to weekly. When coming back to Sundays, also launching a creche weekly. No small feat. Amazing to see a number of our younger ones fully embracing joining teams and making things happen. Thank you for making these environments happen. Honestly, facilitating us coming together, allowing people to come and explore Jesus. It'll be a joy for many of you to know that through Alpha, eight people gave their lives to Jesus over the last year, and we're currently in the middle of another course. We baptized some of them on their first day in church. Remarkable, really. What a joy it was and is to celebrate lives given to Jesus and lives changed. We're baptizing some people next week, and if you've yet to be baptized, I think there's a gathering to talk about it tonight. We'd love to invite you to consider that. Let me just briefly talk about 4-1. One of the things that causes us as a church to have the resources to love each other, to serve the community and invest in the development of the church is when people say, I'm in. 
And I just want to acknowledge that, that some of you have given so much time and energy, skills and resources to it. Thank you to those of you that over the last year or so have done full one. Full one taken from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, where it says, I beg you to live a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God giving a few days a week to be trained, equipped, but also to serve and to serve and to serve. Of course, as much as you can in a pandemic, that's meant a lot of time where you can be together, trying to eat together. During the pandemic, you gave 1,824 hours on a Monday to help make church happen. You gave a four, further 450 hours at 422. You served this church. You served this city. You served the wider vineyard. A number of you, I think, will be stirred to consider doing something like Full One. And there's a vision night coming for that at the end of this month. Come and explore how you might be more involved. Let me just mention youth. Throughout, again, the most challenging of years, thank you for giving 24 hours worth of time a month to serve the youth in this church. For the on average six volunteers that give them space and connection points at least four times a month. For over the last year, despite the pandemic, growing youth and youth provision. It is one of the hardest things to grow in a church plant. And yet now we come back to it as weekly provision. Remarkable. I'm sure there's a reason, but who's the random guy? And why is he dressed as a chicken in that photo? But we... <laughs> continue to create environments for people to know Jesus, whatever they may look like, and for people to join us on the journey of that. Welcome is very important to us, and we invest significant time and resources into it. Welcoming people in the way that we'd like has been an incredible challenge over the last chapter that we've walked through, but your hearts and the way you've done it and all you've given to it, you gave everything you could, in any way you could. Some of the individual stories that we have the privilege of hearing the impact and the difference that it makes to people's lives, their ability to find home among us, and then that becomes a springboard for them to press into Jesus. What a delight it is to hear. The 97 people that filled in hello cards, they're only the ones we know of. Many more will have passed through us, just dipped a toe in the water, but you love them. You welcome them. You encourage them. You challenge them to consider Jesus, the unchurched, the de-churched, the never-churched. Not just welcome dinners, but welcome dinners outdoors, of which 69 people joined us for one or the other. Not just indoors or outdoors, but rearranged and relocated at the drop of a hat. We don't just want to gather a crowd of people, but we want to embrace, to envision, and to train and equip them to be part of and understand and own the journey that we are on together. We're a community, we're a family, and we're an army. And in the most challenging of times, you've kept creating ways for us to meet together anywhere, wherever, and whenever you could. Some of you meet in each other for the first time in those ways. Bonfire night, fireworks together in a garden with all the trimmings and hot chocolates and sparklers and the like. You launched Hey Mama with a desire to support each other and foster community in some of the most remarkably challenging and isolating times as a new mum. Wonderful community building moments. 
The stories we hear of meals and flowers and care packages being sent and dropped on people's doorsteps. We ourselves many times have been on the receiving end of those. But your desire to love people is so deeply encouraging. As ever, not just to love each other, but to love the city, to love the last, the least and the lost. Small groups, as we so often mention, are a huge part of this. The place to be known, to be grown, to be family, to laugh together, to cry together, to serve and support and encourage and challenge the springboard, often the foundation through which we are able to serve the city. Again, through the most challenging of years, you still did it online, in person, online and in person, indoors, outdoors, every combination, trying to find ways to keep meeting. Some of you got married. I just want to take a moment to mark some of those. You know, one of the challenges of the last season and the degree of separation has meant that we've not been together as a family to mark those moments, and so easily they could be missed. But some of you got engaged, some of you had children. Remarkable times. We want to take and just pause and take that moment to acknowledge and celebrate that. You know, training and equipping leaders is so important to us as a church. The body can only grow as large as the skeleton. And throughout this time, leaders have been raised, small groups have been planted, people have been equipped and stepped more fully into all that God has for them. Thank you to the leaders in the life of this church that have carried so much weight the student team has tripled over the last year as we seek to build and invest not only in those with us, but those still yet to come, believing that you're in Manchester for a reason and a purpose. We are so grateful to the students. I have such fond memories of them emptying that waste pipe in 422. But there, there's been regular meals together, monthly gatherings. I had to throw my trainers away, but anyway, that's another story. But monthly gatherings, time of input, training, and equipping in the most challenging of season for you, but actually also for us to welcome you well. You've still dived in and given so much. A number of you throughout lockdown gave everything you've got in so many ways, including at 422, in periods of such personal uncertainty. Just one little snapshot of a story. One of you learnt Mandarin during lockdown, enabling you to bring a number of students who don't speak English as the first language. Thank you. Phenomenal commitment to the kingdom. We're committed as a church to the wider church family, to the vineyard movement. We're committed to other movements and streams seeking to be a blessing to them. Not only did you go to, U to, to DTI with the youth, but a team of you went to serve and to help make it happen. The same happened at the National Leaders Conference, even though it wasn't in person. Last year, a number of you served online, helping to host and facilitate it. A cause to live for, not only did over 50 of you go, but you served on prophecy teams. In fact, you led and formed those teams. You served on the enabling team, the car parking, the host of refreshments. We served the movement. We commit ourselves to the movement. We poured ourselves into many church plants, into many church leaders and churches and other churches in and across Manchester. Just a moment ago, I mentioned prophecy, but how that's flourished in the pandemic You've facilitated in the last year 160 plus prophetic appointments at Manchester Vineyard, but also across the movement for the DTI guys, for the church planting guys, for NLC, for Course to Live for, for Trent Stews. You've facilitated all of that and you help facilitate that 
to the point where the team has had to grow from four to 13. There's also multiple, multiple prophecy slots for the kids. And it, I have to say, was remarkable. It is a truly wonderful thing. We want to be people that are trained and equipped and that press in to learn and hear and share what we believe the Father is saying. Exactly the same thing happened with prayer gatherings. The pandemic hasn't hindered them. It's caused them to flourish. You've hosted other churches, hosted their gap years, helping them have wider exposure to other churches and giving them an opportunity to hear and have a heart for this church and partner with us in loving this city. Other churches helped us bring by bringing van loads of food provision for us to support and to meet local needs. We partnered with UKHK to help welcome and create places for people coming from Hong Kong, and you created all of the resources and networks for that. You served and supported people in numerous other countries, Albania, Kenya, Austria, and India, to name but a few, both in the vineyard and wider projects. And all of that said that I've just mentioned, we celebrated the church's fifth birthday. We're still so young. There is still so much in formation and development. There is still so much ahead for us. Sometimes it's so easy to forget how young we are, but we're really just a toddler sometimes in adult clothing. It can be, and it can seem so often for some of you, I think, that have joined us more recently, that we're more established than we are. But I just want to take the moment to praise God for all that he is doing and has done among us. Let me just talk a little bit about our finances. We don't have an AGM, but if we did, this would be it. And so with that in mind, I just want to give you a brief overview in general of the finances of the church. We don't have a PCC. Steph and I lead the church. We work in team. We have numerous mechanisms of oversight and accountability, including a board of trustees. The Vineyard is an Episcopal movement, so we're accountable to an area leader. Our accounts are also... Um, are externally and independently examined. But I'm grateful to the trustees and their wisdom and their due diligence. I'm also grateful to the many, many hours that a small team of people give to serve this church behind the scenes with regard the finances. For those of you that like detail, just so that you're aware, our financial year doesn't run alongside the calendar year. So the figures that I share are for the financial year unlike the rest of the talk that follows the calendar year. Also, the numbers are slightly different to the accounts as we have removed the financial accounting adjustments for things like assets. And therefore, what I'm sharing is based on the true income for the year and the true costs in the year. But with regard, our income, regular giving accounted for 75% of our income, which was 115,977. One-off gifts were 14,992. Gift aid accounted for 22,783, and other income was 123 pound, which basically includes a small amount we get from interests on savings. Therefore, the total incoming was 153,875 pounds. Overall donations were very slightly up on the previous year, which is encouraging because we are also doing and constantly committing to more. In terms of expenditure, we have committed to giving 15% of everything that comes in away. 
we will give to love and serve the city and also things that don't directly benefit ourselves but are part of our vision to love Manchester. I'm delighted to say we gave away £23,081, which was about 15% of everything that came in. We gave a further 5% on top of that away to specific causes, again, that don't directly benefit us. On top of the 15% that I've mentioned, that only actually covers unrestricted giving. This is money that we have from regular income, not from our restricted. We choose to restrict it because we want to be generous. The true reality is that actually was higher than that, but we hold ourselves to quite a strict criteria on how we measure it. But 30% of the budget was spent directly on ministry, doing the stuff that we believe we're called to do. I would suggest that ministry costs will increase quite a bit over the coming years. This was actually a drop on the previous year because the pandemic slightly redefined what we did and how we did it. Ministry support was 22% and the surplus was 33%. That is what is left. Now, we were intentionally planning for maintaining and increasing our reserves, given our increased commitments and liabilities, but also to help with future investments that we were planning. Equally, the surplus is actually higher for this given financial year because we had to rapidly put in place a number of safeguards to allow us to walk out a significant period of financial uncertainty, ensuring that we could wisely navigate the challenges of the impact of the pandemic. Both our ministry and ministry support costs are lower than they would have been, but as we're moving back to a degree of normality, as are and will be our costs move to more, nor more normal levels in the days ahead. You'll have noticed that gift aid is a significant part of our income, around 15%. In fact, last year, it was virtually the same amount that we gave away. In terms of gift aid, can I just say, if you haven't already gift aided on what you give, can I encourage you to consider doing so? For every one pound that you give, we're able to reclaim 25p for free. If everybody that's filled in a gift aid form where they're able to pay tax, we might be able to reclaim a further 700, sorry, £7,384, which is a substantial amount of money. You can do so by going to mvuk.org forward slash gift aid, or you can find all the details in a booklet that is on your seat. It may not be obvious from these figures that we've shared that we're running a fairly tight ship. Giving needs to grow just to cover our current commitments. We have a budget that has faith and seeks growth in it. We pray that the Lord would increase our current giving. We have many plans far beyond the scope of sharing today that are in our projected budget that we could do if the finances grew. Much of what we do and could do is released in and through the generosity of people in this church partnering with us to fulfill the vision. We're not externally funded. I just want to pause and take a moment to say thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness and your generosity to facilitate all that has been and all that could be. Can I just share one more thing on the finances? The 15% that we give away from unrestricted funds, from the money that you give regularly to allow us to be all that we believe we call to be as a church. On top of that, from restricted funds, the money given for specific projects. Since the start of this church five years ago, when we planted, over 24,000 was given for the city. 
Over 21,000 was given and used to facilitate the food bank. 11,000 came in for other gifts that have been able to be given to other projects. 213,000 was given to the 422 projects. Can we just say about that, that we asked you for £150,000 seed money. You gave £150,000 in upfront gifts with a further pledged amount, giving a total of £212,000. Having spoken with many people across and around the vineyard, also in other churches and movements who have done similar giving campaigns, there is an expected and often predicted drop-off of 10% people's circumstances changed from the point that they pledge something and various other things can change roughly 10 percent doesn't come in that did not happen with us as a church we actually saw a slight rise it went up by 1165 pounds i just want to say that is testament to the remarkable belief in the vision and the generosity that you have as a church do you remember the first week of the pandemic, lockdown week one, when we met online? We created very quickly an Acts 2 fund. It says in Acts 4, it says all the believers were united in heart and mind. They felt that what they owned was not their own. So they shared everything they had. It goes on to say, and God's great blessing was upon them all. There were no needy people among them because those who had land or houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostle to the apostles to give to those in need praise god for your generosity in that first week you gave twelve thousand pounds but throughout the pandemic you continued to give to what has amounted to a staggering forty-eight thousand pounds we've been able to use that as a wise investment of people who have had need in this church in this city across this country but also to a number of projects around the world including albania kenya austria and india as i mentioned earlier your generosity is remarkable that does mean on top of the 15 percent from regular giving in the five years of manchester vineyard from restricted giving we've given or earmarked to give a further three hundred and nineteen thousand five hundred pounds to things that don't directly benefit the church your generosity to love and serve this city is if i'm honest beyond description for a church so young praise god for what has been. I just want to offer an invitation moment because I think there is an invitation to involvement. Membership in this church is involvement. Can I encourage those of you that have been attending to move towards being a member? We see membership as a number of key things. Come regularly on a Sunday, join a small group, be part of the family there, serve on a team, but also give financially. Can I encourage you to consider that if you haven't started will you consider it if you've had a change in circumstances or seen an increase will you consider reflecting that everything i've mentioned so far has been through the generosity of people doing those four free those four things there's a booklet on your seats that gives a bit more detail or explanation to it but i believe moments like this are activation moments so that's looking back. Steph's just going to join me briefly. You're still with us, thankfully, as we look forward. Let me just lower this down very slightly. Hi. Yeah, that's going to need to go lower. Well, that was just a snapshot. I mean, it's 
it's really extraordinary, isn't it? And I just want to say thank you, Manchester Vineyard, for being so kingdom-minded and so servant-hearted. So, yes, we have been here for five years now, coming up for six, and when we planted this church, we committed to review at the five-year mark. So much comes and goes and changes in the space of one year, but over a five-year period, you really start to see more clearly what's developing, where you're heading, and where the Lord is leading. So we've arrived at our five-year milestone, and now it's time to get ready for the next five. In terms of our development as a church, there are three core components that need to be kept in balance. There's culture, vision, and infrastructure. Whilst holding these three things in balance, growing pains or pinch points will always crop up, especially within an organisation that is moving and progressing. If we want to stay where we are, stay static as a church, then we won't necessarily find those tension points. But we don't want to stay where we are, so we will we will essentially always bump into tension and pinch points. Any one of the three things, vision, culture, infrastructure, can limit the other. And we regularly and swiftly need to identify which one may be limiting the other or others and press through to activate change. Yeah, we also just want to mention that there are often phases of growth. You have a moment of innovation that leads you to breakthrough that point of breakthrough then leads you to a peak. That peak is a really critical point. That can often be the point at which you settle or you stagnate. We, to, to see breakthrough you, and more breakthrough, you have to keep innovating. We've seen some remarkable things over the last five years, but we can't stop and stay there. We have to press on. We have to keep pioneering. We have to keep innovating. We can't afford to rest in the so-called peak because that will be the thing that causes us to stagnate. Now, the important thing to know is this, this isn't just for the fun of it or because we think it's a good idea. It's because that's how the kingdom works. The Father is always working. The kingdom is always advancing. We just have to keep an eye on what he's doing to try and keep up and to be faithful to it. So in terms of church growth and development, we imitate until we can innovate. Now that said, we've often been struck by the phrase that is so often used in Manchester, this is Manchester, we do things differently here. And we would say there is something on us, on you, on this church and on this city that has often led us to pause and to press into fresh innovation rather than imitation. We believe having built a foundation, it's time to go again. You've heard us say that before, haven't you? Um, we have moved from being a church plant um, to being a more established church in the city, but we can't stop here. Vision, culture and infrastructure need to support one another, and sometimes one needs more work than the other, and this time it's our infrastructure. With that in mind, and with a desire to keep moving forward, pioneering, innovating, and not stagnating, we are increasingly sensing the nudges of the Holy Spirit to step out in faith once again to create something that does not depend on us and will long outlive us. Part of our vision from before we even set foot in Manchester was this. We believe we are called to plant new churches, some of which will be in Manchester. Church growth, development, reaching the city and spreading across the city was always part of the God-given blueprint for this church. We believe this next phase is a twofold invitation from the Lord, at least twofold for now, until God reveals more of his plan to turn this vision into reality. Firstly, we intend to plant more small groups. 
We've, we've always done this, but we sense a moment and a gear change in order to plant groups increasingly and intentionally across Greater Manchester. Our dream would be to see a small group planted in and across each of the individual boroughs of Greater Manchester. There are 10 boroughs. Does that mean that we will plant into every borough? Well, we'd love to, but we really need to see what the Lord wants to do and see what opportunities arise. Leaders and locations are key. But all of this needs to be the Lord's leading rather than something designed or led by a map. It may be that some of these small groups will then form clusters of small groups and those clusters may develop into localised expressions of Manchester Vineyard. To be a catalytic community, we have to break new ground in new locations. Now, we don't want to leave any space for misunderstanding or misrepresentation in what we're sharing. Are we talking about developing sites or about church planting? Yes and no. The vineyard alone, confusing, the, vine, the vineyard alone has multiple models of multi-site. None of them actually particularly resonate with us. Now, we don't really even want to use the multi-site language as it can have negative associations and connotations. We're not trying to be dismissive and we're not trying to be rebellious. It's just that for us, for our particular values in this particular context, alongside you, we believe the way forward will evolve into pioneering a new model. Now, whilst we're not aiming for a traditional multi-site model, we do believe that the Lord is leading us towards being a family of churches. We believe that would give an expression of Manchester Vineyard greater autonomy whilst being rooted in the conviction that we're better together than we are alone, held closely in relationship and partnership. Yes, and there are many things that we've been thinking through. How would the leadership work? How would the finance work? How would various locations work? What's autonomy? What's collaboration? What type of leadership structure and oversight would we best bring? Exactly how it'll all look doesn't need to be shared now. But the heart and intention does. And that's our hope. Multiplication is, at times, hard and costly. But multiplication is the way of the kingdom. Many of you are part of what Manchester Vineyard is today because someone else created space for you and because somebody else believed in what could be rather than just what is or what was. What we will say now is this, that we have a heart for Greater Manchester, not just one part of it. We long to embed into local communities those who are not yet Mem uh, not members, followers of Jesus, well members too, but you know, not yet followers of Jesus won't necessarily come to us, so we've got to go to them. And we need to continually innovate so that we don't stagnate. We also know that we have a unique sense of family on us as a church, and that what emerges needs to fit our family vision, culture and infrastructure. Harnessing the best of other models to develop a new hybrid, perhaps, that best fits our leadership, your potential, and our collective hearts. Mm. We can fully trust God to develop a model and a method that is truly authentic to Manchester Vineyard. For now, we just need to be faithful to what he's saying. And currently, he's asking us to drive harder and more intentionally at planting small groups across the city. This is step one, and we'll wait to see what emerges regarding the next steps. So that's the first part. The, the second part is this. We believe now is the time to start looking for a ministry uh, or building base to facilitate the next stage of the church. That would include things like kids' work and youth gatherings, worship rehearsals, alpha, outreach, leaders' training, equipping, office space. We need a facility 
to help ease the various infrastructure challenges that we're currently facing. And we believe this may be a crucial springboard for everything else. As yet, we're not sure if this would be somewhere that would also facilitate a Sunday gathering. This may lead towards exploring something bigger, but until we push the door, we don't actually know what that would look like, and it may well snowball. Now, you may be left wondering, why don't we use 422? That was never for us. That was for the city, and we believe that the Lord always led us to collectively serve and prioritise the city and then pursue a venue for the church. A number of you will have joined us since we started the journey of the 422 project. Some of you will actually just be seeing who have been here slightly longer, seeing your direct debits from the initial giving campaign coming to an end. What we want to be clear is this isn't a giving campaign. This is not a building campaign but some of you will have been stirred by what we've shared today and will want to give. A day may well come, we don't know when that will be, when we do a full building giving campaign. But for now, the vision is just to start the ball rolling. We're listening to the Lord and seeking and sensing an increased drive towards the next phase and feel it's the right time to share with the church family that actually this is in the pipeline. We need to be ready to undertake the basic next steps, the legal fees, the due diligence, and to position ourselves to open the next chapter of the story. To even to begin to explore this work and to work out the possibilities will require some seed money. And as such, as of today, we're going to open a building for the future fund. Next Sunday on the 13th of March, we intend to do a one-off giving day. Now, this isn't about equal amounts. This is about equal sacrifice. This is a response to the heart as we stand in faith again for the next leg of the race that is marked out for us. The link for that, of which many would prefer or preference would be to give online, is mvuk.org, BFTF, Building for the Future. But as ever, we want to say this, don't give out of obligation or pressure. Give out of the overflow and the desire of our hearts for the Lord to move among us. As is always the case, we want to be very clear. We do not personally know what you give, but we do want to know, and the finance team will tell us if you give, so that we're able to thank you. As with everything that we've done so far up to this point, we intend to give 15% of everything that comes in to things that don't directly benefit us as a church. Now, a number of you will know as a church that we have a long-standing partnership with Albania. As members of this church, Stephen Roof have many years served faithfully in Albania. One of the churches we support in that place called Saranda has recently lost its funding, and we cannot not respond to that. They're at risk of losing the building. Now, it is our intention on the back of this giving day to make a three-year commitment to help cover their costs and enable them to continue meeting. As you do, we have also actually made inquiries as to what it would cost to buy that space rather than them rent it. And whilst a large amount of money on the one hand, in the grand scheme of things, it's not actually that much money. And we will see what the Lord does. Imagine being able to buy a building a church facility outright for £40,000 and remarkably someone is also offering outside of this church to foot half the bill. 
Don't you love the radical generosity of kingdom people? As we seek to secure a facility for Manchester Vineyard, we always long to bless others first. This will cost us, but we have a huge part to play in the unfolding story and the spread of the gospel and the fervorance of what the Lord is doing in this church and in this city and indeed in this world. And we choose generosity and we trust that God has our backs. It's just another step of faith. So just to be clear, is this vision for the coming years just about a building? No. This is about infrastructure to develop culture to fulfill vision. It may help you to know, because some of you may feel the same, that in many ways we'd be quite happy to keep things as they are. Keep the church together, let it establish, keep the family together. You know, just, oh, I don't know, the mother hen part of me just kind of wants that. This, however, is not what God is asking of us. Bottom line is that we feel God is nudging us into the next stage. You may be wondering why we need more churches. Are there not plenty of great churches all over this city? Yes, there are. But Vineyard, for us, is home. It's family. It's the place that enabled us to be us, to be healed and restored and released. And that will be for the same for so many other people that are yet to come. There are almost three million people in this city. So we need as many churches and expressions of church that we can get. We can't leave the task of making Jesus known to the professionals, whoever they are. Um, we all have a story to tell, don't we? And a unique set of friendships, connections and opportunities. Rick Warren, a, a pastor in the States and a church of uh, literally thousands, um, recently said this. I would rather have a church of 75 that planted two other churches than see a church of a thousand any day because they're going to reach more people. If we're going to win the world, we need to plant more rabbit churches than anything else. They multiply fast. Now, we won't, we won't delve into why they're called rabbit churches. I think you get the idea. Um, but the reality is, is that the bigger a church is, the more attractional it can become. We're so keen to remi- remain agile and responsive to love and serve our local communities. We don't want to create an audience in the church. We want to build an army that will reach and serve the city, continually creating spaces for people to be involved and raised up and sent out. Mm. So in order to be faithful to the vision that God gave us and based on what he's asking of us now, we're going to do two things. We're going to press into small group planting with the intention of seeing groups starting all over Greater Manchester, really driving at this and trusting God for the next steps at the right time. And secondly, we're going to look into options for renting or buying our own facility to support and accommodate our growing and expanding vision and needs. Yeah, just, just to end, we, we just want to say, although some things will change, actually much will remain the same. Does a vision like this change our heart for the community, our heart for 422? Absolutely not. What's gone before and what is yet to come, as always, has actually been part of the original vision. You know, we were given words before we even planted that Manchester Vineyard would be like a bike wheel with a, with a hub and spokes. And the specific word has been given to us multiple times again on many occasions and actually a number of times even in just the last few weeks. There has been a rapid and sudden increase in words and pictures speaking into the last, next chapter over the last few weeks and months. And many, alongside many others, there was this specific picture again that, that, that we as Manchester Vineyard are pregnant with a person. 
And, you know, the impression was that 422 was just the lungs and the legs and the arms would soon spread across the city, that the heart would soon be birthed too close to the lungs. And we wonder whether the Lord might be what he might now be building, we now feel was prompted with that purpose. We want to see what the Lord does. Would it be that the heart is now going to be close to the lungs? We want to make it abundantly clear, if we can, that none of this is about exporting our brand or growing our church. It's about serving the city and reaching more fully into the communities in which we live. This is not our church. This is his. So we have sought the Lord um, for all that we believe he's positioning us for for the next five. And we believe that the next five years will build and lay foundations for the next 100 years. Five plus five equals 100. Hence the equation that may have made you question our mathematical skills. <laughs> now you get it. Just going to end with this. So John Wimber, the founder of the Vineyard Movement, once said this. The economy of the kingdom of God is quite simple. Every new step in the kingdom costs us everything we have gained to date. Every new step may cost us all the reputation and security we have accumulated to that point. The disciple is always ready to take the next step. If there is anything that characterizes Christian maturity, it is the willingness to become a beginner again for Jesus Christ. It is the willingness to put our hand in his and say, I'm scared half to death, but I'll go with you, Lord. I'll risk everything to go with you because you are the pearl of great price. We believe that the Lord has called us, this church, and those yet to join us to forge a path yet unseen. Will you join us? Mm. Amen. Why don't we stand? Long, but hopefully worth it. Let's just do what we always do. Father, we invite you. Come, Holy Spirit. don't mean for some of you who are new to feel uncomfortable or awkward just in the silence, but as ever, all of this just needs to be him, not us. play a part in this as an invitation into greater risk greater faith greater desire a hunger that cannot be satisfied and yet is fully satisfied in him and him alone Lord we welcome you
didn't really plan to have a ministry time, if I'm honest, but how can you not respond to the Lord? And it seems the Lord is resting on a number of you. So, Lord, increase it. I just think for some of you, this is an invitation for the first time to go fall in love with Jesus. Fall in love with Jesus all over again. Some of you have become tired and frustrated and weary. Will you go again? We love that God is always working. And we love his presence. Holy Spirit, you're so welcome here. And we don't want to be prescriptive, and we never do. But, you know, um, I just want to invite anyone that, that wants to respond to what the Holy Spirit's doing in your life, whatever that may be about, whatever he may be stirring in you or speaking to you about or starting to minister to you over, why don't you just come out and we'll, we'll pray for you. We'll stand mm. alongside you. We'll just be family with you in, in this moment. Yeah. It's a great opportunity while everyone's still standing to kind of slip out of your row and we'll make sure you're not le- left long. We'll, we'll ask that members in small groups in the life of the church will come and pray with you. The band will play quietly in the background. But do, do respond. We've got time. We've always got time. Mm. Let's go. Thank you, Jesus. And Holy Spirit, thank you for being at work in this church and in the people. We're your people, Lord. Thank you for bringing this group together to be on this adventure together, mm. to love and serve the city and to, to do all that you've called us to, individually and collectively. We, want, we so desperately long to be in step with you, mm. honouring you and glorifying you in all that we do. Thank you, Jesus. So yeah, if you're in a small group in the life of the church, I'd love you to come and pray for some of the men and women that are waiting. Just have a sense as well that the Lord sometimes just repositions his troops. Some of you, you may feel a bit new to this, but I just think he's, you just know it's, he's just repositioned you for this. It's almost like you're like, oh gosh, I was born for this. Potentially because you are. Lord, reposition us. We just lose change to do as you want and as you please.
ways to do your bidding.
Thanks for listening. To find out more, head to manchestervineyard.org or follow the link in the podcast description.